Gareth P. Jones is a children's author, TV producer and performer. His book The Constantine Curse won the Blue Peter Book of the Year in 2012 and he has since written a number of book series including The Dragon Detective Agency, Ninja Meerkats, Steampunk Pirates and Pet Defenders as well as a large number of adventure and supernatural titles. He's a firm favourite in schools with his trusty ukulele and piano tunes accompanying his stories. Gareth has kindly agreed to become the patron of Just Imagine's new book club, Ha Ha Boing, and he recently met with Nicky Gamble to talk about humour in children's books, plus, of course, giving us a few songs along the way. I'd really like to know whether you think of yourself as a funny writer. Yeah, I well, I think of myself as a funny person. I think I'm funny, basically. Whether other people agree with that is, is up to discussion. And uh, I make myself laugh all the time, and then what I try to do with my writing is try and make other people laugh, you know, with varying levels of success. And as you're writing, do you ever laugh at the jokes that you put into your books? I do. I do laugh at the jokes. <laughs> uh, I also laugh, because it's not just jokes you laugh at, is it? I laugh at some of you. Mostly it's the dialogue. If, if, there's some, if, a, if you can find a right character and the character starts talking and the character starts saying things which make you laugh, then, um, you know, that, that tends to be the point. You'll see me chuckling in a cafe to myself. Great. So we've established that you don't mind me calling you a funny writer. No, that's funny ha-ha is fine. Funny peculiar is fair enough as well. OK. In that case, what I'd like to do is really to explore some of the humour in your books. Uh, I'd like to start with some of the novels, actually. My favourite novels. Thornthwaite, Inheritance and The Considine Curse. And then the wonderful Death or Ice Cream. I wonder, perhaps, let's start with Death or Ice Cream. Would okay. you mind reading a bit for us? Uh, fine, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the book is, is 13 short stories that when you read them, you discover they aren't short stories, they are a novel. And the short stories are uh, introduced by a poem. Would you like to hear the poem? Yeah, Pungus brilliant. Death or Ice Cream. Death or Ice Cream, which one, my friend? I said to the waiter, which do you recommend? The waiter replied, now I'm sure I can't say, but I'll give you my thoughts about that. Anyway, ice cream's refreshing and melts on your tongue. It's sweeter than death, but it won't last as long. Ice cream is perfect for ending a meal, but if you want endings, death the real deal. The thing is, with ice cream, you don't have to eat it, but you can't deny death. You can fight, but not beat it. It won't come with sprinkles or strawberry sauce. Death's not a pudding, it's your final course. <laughs> I looked at the waiter and then understood when I noticed the scythe, the cloak and the hood. It's time for the bill, said his calming voice. And I knew death or ice cream wasn't a choice. I can't even listen to that without a broad grin on my <laughs> face. But that's not the case for everybody. Different readers can find humour in it and some can't. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, death is, is one of those subjects which, you know, it's fir firstly, it's something which will affect all of us. You know, I don't think this is breaking news to say we're all going to die. And some people say, well, that's a bleak thing. Because sometimes I say that in schools. And I don't think that is a bleak thought. Because I think, you know, t to me, you know, the fact that we're all going to die and we all have a best before date just means that it's down to us to make the most of our, our lives until that point. And so I'm not scared of the idea of, of talking about or, or embracing death in children's literature but I this isn't always the case when I wrote Thornthwaite when I first came up with the idea for the Thornthwaite inheritance the idea was very simple 
pair of twins trying to kill each other. And I wrote that down on a piece of paper, a pair of twins trying to kill each other, and I sent it to my uh, editor, um, and I had a good old-school editor who just said yes, <laughs> rather than I'll now take that to the committee. Um, but she said yes, write that book. And I, and I wrote the book, um, and then I wrote it just following the logic of that idea, that very simple pitch. And uh, what happens with my writing is whatever I'm writing, I think I'm naturally inclined to be light and fluffy and silly and funny and therefore I think when I get darker heavier subjects I think it tends to work better for me because uh, there's a balance there between the two things and so I followed the logic of that and then I wrote this book about a pair of twins trying to kill each other and then I realised I had to go into schools and talk about it <laughs> and I stood in front of a you know an assembly and said almost embarrassed and I've got this book about a pair of twins trying to kill each other and suddenly all of the eyes went wide and there was a tangible moment and, and uh, that hit me and I realised there was an appetite and it wasn't something I'd be particularly aware of. I didn't sort of go into the writing of that book thinking, mm, well, this, is, you know, this, is, this will appeal to this generation. Um, but actually it's, it's fascinating that how that book continues to sell and how people continue to be interested in it. I find it I think, absolutely interesting about why children are interested in death and why they're not scared by it and why they're not intimidated by it or scared by these subjects as mm. we are. Do you think that the humour in uh, books like that or in films or anything like that, it's less frivolity and it's more about releasing tension? Is that what it does? I, well, I think that's partly true with all humour. I think humour has to be uh, an unexpected thing. I think, you know, that's that's what makes people laugh, something which you weren't expecting. If you are expecting it, you groan. You go, oh, it's that joke again. You know, if it's an unexpected thing, then you laugh because you're expecting it to go one way and it goes the other way. And it's the same thing with murder mystery uh, stories. You know, you expect some misdirection. You know, you need to be kept on the edge of your seat. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think those two things are very connected. I know that when you go into school, you tend to have a song attached to every single one of your books. But you do have a song for Death or Ice Cream, I don't do, you? I and do, I And I'd love to hear some of that. Absolutely. Well, this is my ukulele. This is my tenor ukulele. And I'll give you a bit of the song. Um, it usually begins with the audience doing this. They go like this. anyway and sorbets taste good on the tongue the man who's asking is waiting by the gate wearing a bright white grin but another fellow also lies in wait beckoning you to come in don't go in there no hard to stop them doing this after a while. Or ice cream. Death. They could quite happily do it for the next hour of it the kids. Or ice cream. You get the idea. Brilliant. And they're very, very catchy, your songs, it has to be said. Turning to your latest book, The Daily Joker. Yes. Completely different kind completely of humour in yeah. this. 
So tell us a little bit about what we have here. Okay, so the Daily Joke, the v, maybe I'll start with the, the reason I, I end up writing a joke book. Uh, my publisher um, said to me, uh, would you like to write a joke book? Uh, because I'd written a few jokes for a magazine called Scoop, uh, and so I'd, I'd been doing a few joke pages for them. And uh, one of the people who works at the, uh, at the same publisher also works on that magazine. And so she, when they were talking about doing a joke book, said, let's ask Garrett who wants to do it. My instant reaction was, was one of fear because the idea of writing a whole load of jokes to fill a book is a terrifying prospect. Um, people don't think of jokes as things that are written. They think of things as jokes you hear them, you tell them, you, you, know, you remember them. You, people don't think about them as things where you sit down and write them. Um, but I was going to have to. I wasn't going to compile a book of jokes. I mean, anybody could compile a book of jokes. You go onto the, onto, onto the web, you type in you know, jokes about this, and it's not very hard to do that. I wanted to actually write them. Um, but the idea of filling a whole book myself was terrifying. Um, but the thing is, with, with humour, humour is so often collaborative. And um, I spend a lot of my time, as do many writers, on Twitter, just panicking. Basically, we spend all of our time on Twitter going, oh, it's so hard being a writer. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, I have various friends that I've made on Twitter. And sometimes I meet them in real life, and we get on too. Um, and uh, one of those friends is uh, Rachel Delahaye. And uh, Rachel and I have never met and we've written a book together now we've never met and uh, we spend a lot of time joking on Twitter and playing with puns and word playing and all that sort of thing um, and so when they asked me uh, would you like to write a book I said I will co-write a book and then I asked Rachel whether she would do it and she said yes uh, and so then um, and it was quite useful because then when we were having the initial panic of oh, how do we do this we could then calm each other down and just sort of get down to the business of writing jokes and then we could read each other's jokes and we could be critical and say okay it has to be I, I, I did want to make sure it was a joke book where if I was to randomly turn to any page, I won't be embarrassed by the content of that page and I'll be happy with that joke, which is more or less true, I think. I mean, they, what I've discovered, actually, is that, is that with a joke book, you, um, you are weirdly vulnerable. My mother-in-law pointed this out. when um, I, she, It's a book where it has a joke for every day of the year. She turned to her birthday joke. She read it out and she just... I don't think she knew I'd written the book. She said, oh, that's awful. <laughs> And I said, okay, this is what mother-in-laws are for. Bring you down to earth. And then I sort of said, oh, I wrote the book. And she said, well, it's still awful. And well, you can't do that with a novel. You can't read just one sentence and go, oh, this is a terrible book. You have to read the whole thing. You have to read the whole thing. What was the joke, by the way? Do I'm not know? telling you the joke. You I'm know? not telling you the joke. Okay. No, no. It's, 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 too, it's, too, it's too upsetting a memory for me. Okay. Um, do you have um, a favourite joke in there? The thing is with jokes, it's very, um, it's a personal thing. And I don't tend to... Um, uh, read many of these out. This this one, I really like this one, and I know a, a lot of people don't. <laughs> Why doesn't Doctor Who like jam? Is it something to do with the target? So you're doing that classic thing of trying to figure out the answer. I am. You always have to tell kids, oh, no. you're not supposed to try and figure out the answer with jokes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But also, the, it's impossible to figure out the answer, because uh, the answer is, because it's jam, and who doesn't like jam? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's sort of nonsensical, but that's that's why I like it. Yeah. When I first wrote all these uh, jokes, I'd I'd um, I, I wrote them all, and I had like well, I had I'd written about hundred jokes, and then I just sort of you know, and, and they were in various states of of how happy with them I was, and I thought well, I just need to try them out. So I got my wife and my son to uh, come and sit with me, and I read out 
all of my jokes. And my wife, who who's who's uh, you know a harsh critic of of my jokes, sort of sat there. Oh, God, another joke. My son sat very quietly listening. And my son very rarely laughs at jokes. He certainly very rarely laughs at my jokes. But he does like this joke book, and he's reading them back to me sometimes. But he listened to every one of my jokes that I'd written, and then he went quiet. And then at the end, he said, um, "Okay, I've got a joke." And I said, OK, Abby, what's your joke? And he said, um, why is it OK to punch a tennis player in the face? And I, you see, what I like about that is that the setup line is it makes you laugh. Um, the, and I said, I don't know, why is it OK to punch a tennis player in the face? He said, because it serves them right. And, and I just, I love that because, one, he'd got the idea. What we're doing with these sort of jokes, with the sort of jokes that you give to children, are wordplay jokes. They are jo- jokes where you explore the elasticity of language. And he got that, and he got that serves and serves them right is, a, is, a, is an idiom that then he could take out of context and that tennis players serve, and he created that joke. But it's not funny for that reason. It's mm-hmm. funny because he's saying it's OK to punch tennis players in the face, and that is a, you know, it's not okay so it made me think differently about how I would then talk about this book because it's one thing to write about a book and it's another thing to talk about a book and actually the joke book is what I really love about what Rachel and I and Nigel did the illustrations have done with this book is that actually this is a book where you can read the jokes but it gives you challenges it sets you challenges to write your own jokes and so if you think you read one of my jokes and you don't like it you have a, a challenge to write your own one and you can get your pen and you can write all over this book it's not one of those books where you're not allowed to write you're allowed to write all these scribble all over it you write your own jokes do your own cartoons and at the end of the year um, hopefully you've enjoyed some of our jokes and at the end of the year you will have your own joke book which will be a, do- a document you'll have documented all of the jokes you've written yourself um, and so it just feels like a very different interactive thing to have, mm. to have made. I know you feel quite uh, strongly about the kind of linguistic demands of jokes mm. and also that teachers should not look down on these, that this is an opportunity that we could use in the classroom, providing we don't destroy children's <laughs> enjoyment of the joke. Though. Do you want to say a bit about that? It's a, it's a fine line to walk, isn't it, between, between actually u- using jokes and then just kidding. <laughs> killing all of the jokes and I think uh, what I noticed when I was writing them is um, partly because they are mostly you know they're not all but they're mostly wordplay jokes and actually as soon as you do that you realise that what you're doing is all of that spag stuff all of that linguistic stuff that teachers um, have to teach now most authors and I've heard lots of authors you know be very anti having to teach all of that grammar side of things and I understand that and I you know I, I totally you know with that opinion but that isn't very helpful to those who do have to teach it. So then I started thinking, well, of course, with a joke, you're using homonyms, you're using homophones, you're using homographs, all of these words where instantly your eyes are glazing over, going, oh, my gosh, I don't want to hear all these linguistic terms. I had a joke, which you know, isn't the world's greatest joke, but how did the fronted adverbial go to the party? Suddenly he went to the party. <laughs> it's not a great joke, but it teaches you what a fronted adverbial is. Um, we, I, I did a few jokes. I was writing some articles for the TES and things like that about you know subordinate clauses, you know, which, of course, are Santa's elves. They're all subordinate clauses, aren't they? You know, It's all those sort of things. Um, and so you know so it's it's it, I've, I've, I've just got it you just got it I know I just watched I just I watched your clauses 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 oh, there we are, there we are. that's because I didn't present it as a joke I deconstructed it and gave you all the bits of the joke rather than the whole thing so yeah so so I've been thinking a lot about um, those things I didn't hugely think about them when I was writing the jokes but when we were writing the challenges we then started realising that of course this is this is what you're asking people to do and it's not just about 
all of that linguistic stuff, which whether you love or hate or whether it is, you know, I mean, actually, you know, personally, I quite, I quite like all the linguistic stuff, but then I'm 44, I'm not seven. So, you know, it's a different thing for me. And actually what the, the joke challenges will do, they'll say, so say you're sitting in a car, instead of going, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? You know, look out the window and look for a funny name of a, a funny road sign or a funny uh, name of a name of a city that you can turn into a joke. You know, can you do something with Manchester? Can you do something with any any sign, anything you see? Can you see something and you can, you know, turn it into something funny, which is the sort of things I would have done as a child and lots of people would do. They'd look for that, the subtleties, the nuances in language. Um, and it's the sort of thing you do when you're a writer, whether you're a poet or whether you're a novel writer or whether you're a joke writer. It's all about looking at language and then trying to look at it ever so slightly differently and from a different angle and trying to find the humour in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is all educational stuff. You know, this is all, you know, absolutely. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's absolutely, it, it, it isn't frivolous or mm-hmm. silly, but hopefully the UN product is something frivolous, silly and funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even that kind of humour that some people might think of as being frivolous or even puerile mm. um all the toilet humor yeah the bums and the yeah toilet so on. To- yeah it's not without meaning for the child is it i mean there's quite a lot that's been written on the psychology of humor for instance absolutely we're getting a bit serious here but <laughs> do you want to <laughs> <Yeah>. say <laughs> we are and, and i think you know we, we met again in the book we mentioned we talk about toilet humor and we say actually psychologists will say that this stage is important to go through so actually when you do a, a bum joke um your teachers and parents might disapprove but uh, this is perfectly valid because it, it's playing with taboos isn't it and it's working out what the boundaries are in in the world and actually that's that's a very important aspect is that you need to work out when the right time to tell those jokes is and when the right time to you know to giggle about bums is you know and, and whether it's you know whether you go around to your grandparents or whether it's just when you're playing with your friends you know the, the, there's a big difference and these are the, the sort of things the lessons that you need to learn mm. in life mm. The other, I mean, the other thing that, you know, really occurred to me when I was writing the articles about it rather than the book itself was that um, I started thinking about, well, of course, children tell jokes before they know they're telling jokes. Because adults will often say, oh, children's jokes aren't very good, are they? They don't know what they're doing. And I say, well, actually, no, no, you're wrong about that. They just, the jokes that are good are the ones that you didn't consider jokes. So when your little child makes a mistake and says something wrong or they misunderstand a word and they, they say it out loud and the adults will all laugh. And the kid, well, you see the kid looking at them going, why are they laughing? And the <laughs> kids realise, oh, I'm funny. Why am I funny? Why is this funny? And they're almost, and they, no, actually not almost, they are. They are learning language through humour. They're learning those subtleties and differences of language through the fact that people are laughing at something, even though they didn't intentionally tell us a joke. I suppose you could argue it's not a joke, it's not intentional, but I don't think that's right. I think actually children are telling jokes before they know their jokes. Mm, it's interesting. One thing that we haven't touched on, because I think we've mainly been thinking about children Mm. and humour, is that humour is also a survival tactic. It totally is. And I think, you know, I I often say this when I go to schools, I say, you know, actually, on your dark... I say you'll laugh every day. Hopefully you will laugh every day. Most of us laugh every day at various different things for various different reasons. Um, but you, even on your darkest day, your saddest days, there will be laughter and it will be the most important and it will possibly be the funniest laughter with the ones where, you know, you, you can't stop laughing because um, actually it's a release. And, you know, just as, you know, it's important to cry, it's also important to laugh, you know. Mm. And it's mm. important to laugh, you know, sometimes it's important to laugh in a, in a inappropriate way too. Mm. I think having taken, taken us to that dark mm. place... We need to bring the mood up again. Okay, yeah. 
And the best way to do that must be with a song. Okay, so... So, can we have the song to do with the joke book? Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's see whether I can uh, do this. So, when I started to write a joke book, people all laughed because they said my jokes aren't funny. Oh, that's cruel. When I started to write a joke book, people said, what qualifies you to write a joke book? You're not a comedian. And I said, well, all these comedians who think they can write children's books... Besides, so this is an explanation of why I've been a joke book. Like this, I'm a certified silly man and veal bun slinger, trigger happy vigilante. So pull my finger fast upon the door, funny through to the core. By the time I'm through, you'll be on the floor. I'm a work player, jokes will say. This is laughter, the lesson of the mayor. I'm a lecture, but the lecture will throw the intellectual a syllable fight with that not too conceptual. Okey doke, Nicky. Are you ready for my first joke? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. I said, okie doke. You ready now? I'm ready. Here comes the, my first joke. Oh, nervous about this. Why did the amphibian cross the road? Hmm, don't know. He was tethered to the chicken, so he got towed. <laughs> towed as in pulled to a type of fog. Well, I want to make you laugh, but I see that I'm not. Knock, knock. Who's there? Thanks. Ghost. Ghost who? Ghost ticket to the man if he says you're not funny Those second make comedians do it for the money Not me, you see, every laugh you get free Unless you put me for the school, then I do charge a fee Cause I gotta pay the bills for the kids at my home Go to Warstones, ask for Gareth P. Jones Okie doke <laughs> Are you ready for Four more jokes? Ready Okay, yeah, <laughs> she looks nervous I said okie doke Here comes uh, Yeah, four more jokes Some of them you'll know Why was six get a seven? Oh, I don't know. Seven, eight, nine. <laughs> My dog. <daughter, laughs> where, where do computer programmers uh, do their washing? Uh, they do it online. Online, yeah. online. I was getting there. <laughs> My dog has no nose. How does he smell? Bad. Awful, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I've got a musical computer. This joke always goes straight over the head of the kids. I've got a musical computer. It's a computer that's musical. It swears a lot. It's Adele with a sky full. It's Adele. That's right. Apple crumble. We're just going to finish off now with Nikki's joke. Who's there? Okay, wait. Who's there? <laughs> no, that's not right. <laughs> Thank it's, you very much. It's a good song. Brilliant, <laughs> I would like to just tell our listeners that uh, we're really excited to be launching a new book club for children mm. around year three age. And... Uh, it will be largely about funny books, not exclusively. It's about high interest. Yeah. And we know that children aged six to eight in reading surveys, they often say that humour, funny, comedy is their reading preference. So about two-thirds of the books in the book club are going to be funny books. And I'm so thrilled because today you've agreed that you're going to be the patron of our yes, funny club, which absolutely. will be called Ha Ha... Boing. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my joke. It's the sound oh. of a man laughing his head off, but the head bounces on the floor. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice variation. It's good yeah. variation on a classic. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gareth, thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. It's been a laugh. Thank you very much for having me. Lovely to talk to you. <laughs>